Hi, I'm John Frankie for SearchSAP.com. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about the changing landscape for business process experts and what professionals can do to keep up. We'll also get an update on SAP's business process expert community. Joining us is John Reed, SearchSAP.com careers expert and president of JohnERP.com, and Marco Tan Vonholtz, director of SAP's business process expert community. Thanks for joining us, guys. And with that, we'll turn it over to John Reed to get us started. Welcome to this podcast interview with our special guest, Marco Ten Von Holt, Global Director of the SAP BPX Community. Today, we're going to talk with Marco about becoming a business process expert and how to make sure your skills keep pace with SAP's product evolution. I was recently able to attend a standing room-only presentation Marco did at SAP TechEd 2007 on this very topic. Marco, along with the entire BPX community, has done some very innovative thinking in this area, and we're going to try to get to the heart of some of those insights today. This podcast is hosted by Search SAP and was made possible by a joint collaboration between Search SAP and my site, johnerp.com. Marco, thanks for joining us today. Uh, No problem. I'm looking forward to this interview. Great. Well, let's get started by asking you how you got your start in SAP and how you wound up in your current role as the global director of the BPX community. It was quite a ride, actually. I've only been with SAP for about one and a half years now. Uh, I uh, I came from Yahoo, where I managed their global advertising banner advertising system. So, um, when I started with uh, with SAP, I came into the role of managing and building up a solution management office, really focused on delivering um, collaborative technologies to our communities for SAP's developer network. Um, and one of the projects which was uh, being discussed when I joined was to um, start a, what we called at that time, a business process analyst community. Um, we wanted to start a community which was adjacent to the SDN uh, community simply because we did a few surveys in the SDN community asking, well, what is your role? And we found out that about 20% of our total SDN audience really had one foot in IT and one foot in business. So we started the BPX community as a grassroots initiative with only a bunch of people um, on top of <laughs> working on top of their existing jobs uh, in May of 2006. And naturally, that, that whole grassroots initiative evolved as the BPX community as it is today. Uh, what happened is uh, originally we launched it um, in a sneak preview mode during Sapphire in 2006. Then we really launched it during TechEd 2006 with about 35,000 members. And then um, we really uh, tried to start the, uh, the engines during TechEd 2006, and, and the momentum which we have gotten today is, uh, has been enormous. For those listeners who aren't fully aware of the BPX community yet, uh, tell us about how this community has grown and why you think it's been such a compelling website for SAP professionals so far. Yeah, so let me just first touch upon um, a few things on on the growth, right? So we had about 75,000 members in the first year, uh, ending 2006. Uh, Today we have more than 200,000 members, actually as of this morning, uh, uh, a little bit over 200,000. And um, we we grew from about three industry forums at the beginning of 2007 to 15 industry forums to date, and we're going to grow to about 20 industries by year end. Uh, We're not only covering the industry-specific forums in the BPX space, but we're also uh, covering what we call the horizontal landscape, uh, such as uh, SRM, CRM, uh, SCM, uh, the organizational change management landscape, 
and GRC, etc. So what we're trying to do is pro both have a horizontal as well as a vertical uh, approach. I think um, when you touch upon the phenomenal growth of the community, why it has been so compelling, I think it has a few aspects. The first thing is that people are trying to keep up with this new BPP ESOA revolution. People are trying to understand what is it and what does it mean for me. And I think that the BPX community helps them in understanding what it could mean for them. Uh, the second part is that we have seen a huge um, momentum and uptake with our partners. So the partners of SAP, uh, whether it's Tier 1, Tier 2, or Tier 3 partners, are really trying to um, help their consultancy workforce to migrate and evolve into this new BPP space as well. And what they have found is that they can lower the total cost of ownership of education via this notion of community learning. So collaborative learning actually lowers the TCO uh, of the partners. Now that same aspect has been seen um, with our customers. So our customers are facing the same challenges and um, same questions in, in terms of what is ESOA, what does it mean to me, how do I need to shape my organization of the future. And um, the BPX community is trying to find uh, collectively an answer to how they can shape this organization of the future. So in, in, in essence, uh, not only customers, but also partners, as well as independents, are finding a collaborative space where they can talk about um, the future of what business process platforms can do for them and what is needed to take advantage of those business process platforms. Sure, and we should mention for those SDN listeners out there, what I found out after the conference is uh, it's as simple as uh, just on your SDN profile, just clicking the BPX uh, option and you can join the community instantly. Marco, how does the BPX community influence SAP? Is there a formal process? Uh, absolutely, right? So uh, similar to what we're doing with uh, SDN and, and, and SAP NetWeaver uh, product management, uh, it's our intent to utilize uh, the same synergies. So uh, we're working closely with the industry solution managers as well as the application solution managers, and they utilize the BPX community as a feedback form into the product management cycle. So what we're doing is we're utilizing the BPX community as a feedback channel back into SAP, and that's the, that's the first process which is happening. The second process, of course, is also this notion that uh, both our partners as well as, as SAP uses the BPX community as a launch platform for new product introductions or new solution introductions. So imagine that as the BPX community grows, and uh, as I said, you know, we're growing with uh, about 15 to 20,000 members a month, um, this, this notion of an increasing growing community has also much more um, uh, leverage from ISMs and ASMs launching their products uh, inside the community. So you know uh, at the most earliest moment what's new uh, and then utilize the community on understanding what's hot and what's not. Right? And sometimes you <laughs> say to people, well, with this increasing amount of growing information, exponentially growing information, how can your brain keep up with all this stuff? And I can't. But what I do is I actually utilize the community to, to help me filter what's hot and what's not. So one of the major goals of the BPX community and one of your major goals in your presentations is to 
help SAP professionals and project teams transition towards teams of business process experts. It sounds like a pretty cool job title to have on your business card, but I don't think everyone's always sure what it means. So let's start by defining the term. As you see it, what is a business process expert, and why are they going to be so important to the SAP implementations of the future? So, so actually, that's a very um, intriguing question, because um, when we started with the BPX community, we didn't know that this question was so prominent, and it would be one of the most asked recurrent questions. So we asked the community to define what a business process expert would do, uh, whether it's now or in the future. And uh, out of that uh, community project, they came up with a definition themselves. So I'm just going to read the definition which they came up with. So the business process expert has uh, both the business knowledge and IT savviness to make business process innovation happen in real time by adapting, composing, and executing business processes using best practices, composition software, and enterprise services. So uh, one of the things which uh, they have defined, and there are many different um, descriptions of what a business process expert is in our getting started area, but most of the people who have identified themselves as business process experts always say, I have one foot in IT and one foot in business. I'm almost a marriage counselor between business and IT. And uh, one of the things what we have seen is that uh, this, is, this BPX role is a professional role, which is an evolving role from roles like a business analyst in the past, an application consultant, or on the IT side, a process developer, or an IT manager, or an enterprise architect, or a junior enterprise architect, and on the business side, perhaps a, a business process manager or a business process architect. It's really truly an evolution of uh, several other roles, and the B BPX role is an umbrella role. I do want to make that clear to people. It's it's not one single category. Yeah, it seems like a lot of different roles can lead you closer to the business process expert skill set. Your presentations on becoming a business process expert are pretty riveting stuff. Uh, one uh, point I saw everyone in the room snap to attention was when you and your co-presenters touched on why uh, both ABAP and core functional configuration skills are going to go away. Uh, I guess there's uh, nothing quite like the shock of realizing your job as you know it may eventually go away to get your attention after a long day of technical sessions. So, uh, Marco, can you tell us why you think ABAP work and IMG configuration work are going to either go away or evolve? And how long do SAP professionals have in these areas to make transitions to broader business process skill sets? Yeah, so, so let me um, rephrase the question a little bit, John, because I don't think that ABAP uh, and, and core ABAP will go away. I think Puneet perhaps said that just to, for the shock factor, and this was Puneet Sapal from Capgemini, but um, I do think that ABAP, um, core, core skills around ABAP will not just cut it in the future. You need to have composition skills. So, so one of the things I, I do want to rephrase is um, just core ABAP, knowledge and skill sets will not be enough in the future of um, managing BPP platforms. You need to get composition skills, and the sooner the better. You know, These are things that uh, SAP is coming out with their business process platform. Uh, everybody, all customers are, are saving to, uh, to go upgrade to ERP 6.0, and ERP 6.0 is really truly our first business process platform. So uh, to all of those ABAPers and, and really hardcore IT folks, um, what you know today is just not enough. Composition skills will matter in the future. 
And one of the other notions is that SAP is coming out with their composition environment, and their composition environment is still fairly technical. But uh, in the future, as the composition environment will evolve, it will not just be for technical developers. Um, business process experts and enterprise architects will really utilize the composition environment for their day-to-day -day work. So one of the things I do want to mention there is that um, these are the more technical skills which you need to have as either an ABAPER or a basis consultant. But uh, another thing is that um, you also need to evolve your soft skills, especially for the IT folks. If you want to have one foot in IT and one foot in business, um, you need to know a little bit about the business speak as well as the IT speak. You need to know how you, need to, uh, how you can have the capability of changing organizations by implementing really good solutions. You need to know how you can convince executive management to buy into your projects. So uh, another thing which will become increasingly important for uh, those type of folks is these uh, formal process modeling skills. Uh, whether it's uh, in, in the historical perspective, Visio, in the future you'll have all kinds of modeling tools which allow you to model much faster. And I actually think that uh, some of these bases and ABAPers have an advantage um, over the, the, the more business analyst folks um, because they know how to use these technical modeling tools uh, today. A lot of people have some um, knowledge around a Visual Composer. Uh, they have some knowledge around uh, the IDS Share RS, um, and now it, it was recently renamed but basically the process modeling tool which uh, IDS Share has developed. So, so one of the things which uh, I have seen is that uh, some of these uh, techies uh, who, are, have been, or, who are or have been wandering between these two lines have a little bit of an extra advantage. But nonetheless, they should start um, touching up their soft skills, their uh, modeling skills, and also, of course, their knowledge about industry processes, uh, the sooner the better. Sure. So what I hear you saying is that folks should step back from kind of an alarmist view of what's going to happen and look at it more along the lines of SAP is making a transition to business process platform along with its customer base, and, and our job as SAP professionals is to anticipate that and evolve our skills along the same lines. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, I can be uh, very futuristic, but I actually believe that the, 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 the new generation, the 20 to 30 years old, have also an advantage on, on the older generation, the 30 to, to 50 years old, because they have, uh, they're more internet savvy as they were, as they're also more uh, tech savvy, but they still have this notion of business as well. When, when I go to uh, MBA programs nowadays, I'm surprised by how well uh, these MBA people uh, have one foot in IT and one foot in business. Um, I do think that um, a lot of those folks who are in their 20s do not have any notion on how a business works. So that is where the advantage lies for a lot of the either IT or business folks. Um, and all they need to do is really brush up on a few things such as their modeling skills, their soft skills, uh, practical SAP knowledge, of course, if it's related to the SAP world, but also um, business process management methodology knowledge, as well as the use of business process management uh, tools such as uh, Six Sigma. Um, another thing which I think is very uh, becoming increasingly important is if you want to become a, B, a really good BPXer, you really have to understand what Web 2.0 and community can mean for you 
to evangelize your, the solutions you create for your customers. Uh, more and more companies are going global. How do you evangelize a solution which you just built and which needs to be dispersed globally? How do you do that? One of the good things about the community is that you can say, hey, community, I'm in a beta for this uh, specific solution. Please give me your feedback so that it, it become, can become uh, good faster. So that's one of the things you need to understand as well. How can you use blogging? How can you use wikis? How can you use um, collaborative forums to improve your overall acceptance of the solutions you build? Marco, one of the points that I really like that you made uh, in your discussion just now is that a lot of these things in the past, the only way to get this kind of information on new releases was to actually put yourself through courses at SAP uh, America, and I think what's interesting now is, in addition to the new certifications that SAP is developing, a lot of these things uh, consultants and professionals can avail themselves of in their free time, even something like the composition environment, where you can actually work on that real time in, in the SDN community. Uh -huh. uh, so I think one of the messages you're trying to get across today that I hear is that a lot of this is simply a mindset shift on the part of a consultant to say, I'm going to go out and get this information which is available to me online today. Yeah, I, I think uh, there is a twofold. It's, it's one is consuming information. I think the other part is participating um, to uh, create information. I think it is increasingly important for you as an individual to share your uh, collective good, to share your mind as a collective good. Uh, I do think that a lot of business analysts and, and application consultants from the past have um, had their knowledge and their good either in their project team or on their laptop. But one of the things what we're trying to do with the BPX community is to open up that landscape. I, I do make a distinction between um, sharing processes at process level zero versus process level three. So one of the things which I, I think uh, needs to be clear is that I do believe that there will be uh, tons of uh, collaboration on commoditized process optimization. So a lot of the applications which uh, from a historical perspective were delivered by SAP or by other vendors uh, are, are most likely commoditized processes or have commoditized processes within their application suite. And um, what I'll see is that a lot of these BPXers of the future um, will partially focus on how to utilize those commoditized processes uh, as best as possible. So I will, we will see tons of uh, collaboration inside the BPX community on the commoditized process level. However, um, on the more strategic uh, process and strategic disruptive innovation level, which I, I more call level three um, uh, process um, knowledge, I, I do not think there will be that much of collaboration in open space environment. I actually feel that there will be a uh, collaboration more in a secluded area, and then once they have figured out a good solution or a good set of solutions, uh, they might want to share it with the community to get uh, additional feedback. One of the things I think you did a great job of in this podcast so far was articulating how the technical uh, SAP professional could start anticipating these trends. Let's look at it from the functional side for a moment. Uh, we have a lot of functional folks whose classic role has focused on IMG configuration and configurating tables. How do you see the functional role evolving, and what are some of the next steps a functional consultant can take to become more savvy as a business process expert? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, um, Gartner calls them uh, business process analysts of the future. 
Um, I, we call them business process experts. I think it's uh, the name is uh, a little bit different, but they will do exactly the same. Um, I think uh, the most appropriate candidate for the future BPXer is somebody who is be between IT and business. Uh, what we have seen so far is uh, the business analysts of the past and the application consultants of the past, what they did is uh, the business analyst uh, defined the existing process and the future process, handed it over to the application consultant. Application consultant would set the flags, um, and then uh, if customization was needed, throw it over the wall. There was a long process. Uh, in the future, with the composition environment and other business process platform uh, modeling tools, you need to have uh, the ability to utilize the modeling tools as best as possible. So there will be uh, a need from a business fun functional angle to understand IT and technical requirements much more in the future. That's the first part. The second part is there will, will, will be an angle of process discovery. So there is this notion of enterprise service repositories. And I believe together with the enterprise architect, the business process expert, We'll, we'll do much more process discovery and reuse of, in the future. Another thing which I think will become an increasing more important aspect of a uh, BPXer from a functional perspective is this notion of simulation. And you know, this is all futuristic, right? But I believe that um, simulation, especially when you do in a disruptive innovation, will become increasingly important. Um, on top of that, the, uh, the need to learn good, solid modeling tool and to get that experience on how to use a tool and how to use an, a tool to a certain extent so that you can accelerate a implementation trail. And I, I feel that that is increasingly important from a functional perspective. Uh, and uh, on the BPX community, we, we mention a, a ton of different tools which a BPXer of the future could or should use. We've talked a lot about technical skills versus business or soft skills and how technical people have to continue to improve their soft skills. Now, for technical skills, people can take specific trainings or get certifications. But what are some of the ways that people can improve their soft skills? Um, I think, you know, I'm working really closely with uh, SAP educational partners as well as outside universities. I think where the IT folks really can uh, develop their skill sets is on the soft skills side. Um, and you can take tons of soft skill courses, right? Um, how to present in public, how to address executives, uh, assertive management, um, how to do organizational change management. And I think uh, for a lot of IT folks, uh, that's also an interesting area. I, I've heard a lot of IT, uh, people at TechEd when I spoke to them and they're really interested to evolve uh, their skills in that sp specific arena. I think the, the other side is, yeah, you can take business process modeling skills, but when you're sitting next to a business owner, how you carry yourself, how you uh, position yourself as a change agent is as important as developing the solution itself. Uh, I sometimes uh, talk about um, when you're effective, it's not only how efficiently you created the solution, it's also uh, multiplied by acceptance to the second degree. It's very important not only to build a good solution, but then also distribute it amongst the organization in a way that it gets um, accepted by everybody in the organization saying, this is the right solution for us at the right time, at the right moment, in the right place. So um, 
and how you do that. And, and, and there's some tips and tricks. And I really believe that a lot of the techies can enhance their soft skills, and especially in that arena. Uh, I think on top of it, you need to keep up to date with a lot of the technologies which are out there, uh, not only just SAP technologies, but uh, what type of Web 2.0 technologies are out there, what type of uh, SOA-enabled uh, technologies are out there, um, which you can use and utilize to really create something cool or uh, fancy for the future, as well as helps your organization make, make a bi better business of itself. You know, you mentioned disruptive innovation a couple times, and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but the one thing that always trips me up about it is that one of SAP's big messages about their software in terms of upgrades and such is, is innovation without disruption. And so I've always wanted to understand how the disruptive innovator fits into the model of innovation without disruption. Is it is it basically like uh, disruptive innovation within a confined context? Is that the idea? Yeah, I, I think, you know, do you, do you know this notion of non-deterministic ability? Uh, so you, you have the ability to adjust more dynamically to external events which have an effect on your organization. I think, you know, when I talk about disruptive innovation, it, it can be both inside out and outside in. So uh, in the BPP space, I think that you need to distinguish, as I said before, between commodity processes as well as strategic processes. So one of the things you can do is you can define a new process, and by defining the new process, you are disruptive to the market, or the market is disruptive, and because the market is disruptive, you need to define a new process. So I'll give you a kind of an example, right? And, and this is just a hypothetical example, but uh, and, and this is an example I gave during um, the uh, TechEd uh, presentation I did. So Nike uh, is an apparel company. Uh, what they've done in the past is predominantly um, sold apparel. Now they came out with their Nike Swatch Wash, which can do GPS tracking. And if you buy the shoes, then you can do uh, GPS tracking. You can identify where you are when you go cross-country. Okay? And um, at the moment of sale, you now have the capability when you buy the shoe and the watch to also buy a GPS contract. Now, Nike probably never had something like that because they, they weren't just in the apparel business. They sold apparel. They never sold GPS contracts, which is a mobile contract. Now, imagine that they have the capability to reuse what, um, for instance, um, uh, OnStar did with Buick in the same type of sense and then tailor it a little bit more towards their specific uh, industry. And now they have the ability to be the first in the market to sell a GPS watch connected with their shoes, and that becomes a differentiator in the market of apparel. So this is a way of utilizing uh, solutions as well as processes, which existed in another industry, but now are disruptive towards the overall apparel industry. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is disruptive in a negative sense. It is actually disruptive in a positive sense, right? Sure. Yeah, and at, in your tech presentations, I, I liked how you distinguished between uh, business process experts that were focused on optimization and efficiency and those that were focused on disruptive innovation. Yeah. So I hear where you're going with that now, that, that basically innovation within a certain context is disruptive, but, but not in a way that affects your efficiency. It's, it's essentially, as you said, it's a group of people who are looking to build on whatever uh, business model they have, but perhaps by questioning certain assumptions and bringing 
in, in the case of uh, ESOA, perhaps even mashups from different content providers and industries to see what can be created. Yeah, you know, the same is happening in, 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 the, in the mobile space, which is hugely competitive, where change happens every two months, right? How do you keep up in that mobile space and still have an edge? How does Nokia keep doing what they're doing? How do they sell 3 billion uh, phones and are the worldwide leader? And how do they keep up with that uh, incredible uh, speed of change? Or do they create the speed of change? Well, we've covered a lot of points in this podcast. Are there any uh, topics on becoming a business process expert or taking advantage of the BPX community that we uh, hadn't covered yet that you wanted to get across? Uh, yeah, there is so much, but I think one of the things I, I do want to do is invite people. Uh, most of your your listeners are already familiar with SDN, but I do think uh, it would be good to scope out what's already in the BPX community and invite them to the BPX community. Uh, the, the first advice I tell most people is we have a really solid getting started area, who, which explains a little bit more about what the role means. Uh, again, it's an evolving role. I get a ton of uh, requests and questions from people about how does this relate to me? How can I get certified? Um, and a lot of the information is already uh, on the community itself. Uh, on top of that, we have uh, tons of collaborative areas, whether it's in the wiki or it's in the forum areas, where people are helping other people uh, to solve business issues of today. You know, one of the things I, I do want to mention is that a lot of application consultants are not aware that we have a whole ERP upgrade forum where people share information about best practices on ERP upgrades. I think the BPX uh, community as well as the BPX role is an evolving role, and as we evolve, we invite as many people to share and contribute as well as uh, communicate to us what is needed. That's another aspect which uh, I really want to make come across is that we're a living thing. We're, you know, we're just building the city, and we need uh, people's advice on where we need to build next. And that's definitely an area where I would like to invite people and communicate and collaborate together with our community evangelists and our community mentors to figure out what the next steps are for this BPX community itself. Ordinarily, at the end of the podcast, it's always hard for me because I feel like we haven't covered nearly enough. But in this case, the whole point of the podcast is simply that there's an opportunity to actually stop consuming the information about this and actually get on BPX and get involved. So I guess that's going to be our, our closing message is that the seismic uh, plates of SAP skill sets may be shifting, but the opportunity, like never before, is there to actively seek out the skills gaps that you might uh, feel in your own skill set and find a solution for it. So on that note, uh, I would like to wish Marco the best of luck building out the BPX community, and hopefully we'll see you online soon. Thank you, uh, John and John. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us today for this podcast interview on becoming a business process expert. This podcast was a joint venture between Search SAP and my site, johnerp.com, bringing you career answers for SAP professionals. And with that, I'd like to turn it back to our host, John Frankie of Search SAP. Well, thanks a lot, John and Marco. That does it for this edition of searchsap.com's podcast series on business process expert skills and resources. Until next time, I'm John Frankie. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.